So there's two things to dive in, and I'm not sure where we want to. We might pop into the, the sales and conflict of interest area because that could be a rich conversation, like how that even came about. Let's, um, let's move that for a different okay. cast just for the time we have for our okay. show. Okay. One that I think would be really rich, um, we can talk to this, and, and um, Tammy, I'm not sure if you know of this one. Casey, we, we addressed this um, in that other podcast we were referring to earlier that's even more controversial, and it t- touches on some of the things, but I don't know why. It was a little more pokey, I think, in we'll, that one. We'll post uh, that. It's it, The reason we debated it is because it's a podcast only. It was before yeah. we did webcast, yeah. but um, that'll be one specifically we make sure people have access. Yeah. And I also know that it went significantly longer because we went yeah. way deeper. Yeah, so we may, we may to, yeah, we may <laughs> yeah. divide that into like three 30-minute yeah, yeah, sections yeah. or something yeah. like that because it went but really long. From that, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, but there's a really wonderful thing that you helped me when we are, when we talk and travel on planes, we'll uh, develop and it's always an interesting conversation. One of them was this whole concept about, and I wasn't sure if you had heard about this, about being a neutral buoy in the water. Oh. Uh, and that if be it uh, a sales situation, or be it a um, this will be an interesting conversation with the sales included, but or be it a uh, behavioral health, or be it a healthcare situation, that ultimately MI is going to say, well, you're a this perspective is going to say we're a neutral buoy if we're staying in equipoise and uh, we're monitoring our riding reflex. I was wondering if you could kind of expand on that analogy where they come in, they kind of kick us and we got to respond. That was really, really powerful for me to to what kind of Terry Moyers has has talked about with um, how guiding is a critical piece of MI. And so just how that all kind of relates to, to... This, I think, is a great way to distinguish between technique and model and motivational interviewing. So when technique, when we're talking about, because you and I were having this conversation around equipoise, is thinking about a a buoy. That doesn't make it motivational interviewing because you're not paying attention to sustained talk or change. You're just kind of going with which way the wave goes. But the wave may knock you one way or knock you another way, but you're basically, you can get tipped with your riding reflex, but you're basically trying to stay in that buoy position where you're kind of staying neutral, coming back to neutral in your response to it. That is one skill that you develop it's a, you can have knowledge around it the same thing another thing we've talked about MI is lots of knowledge we can develop but the skill of equipoise is really difficult mm-hmm. so that technique of staying in equipoise is one construct that does not make it motivational learning it does mm-hmm. not mean it's going to impact behavior change mm-hmm. um, but the capacity to just go it's irrelevant what I think I've told people that's kind of my basic mantra that's really difficult is for the most part people don't care what I think um, they don't necessarily want my opinion. And if they want my opinion, they're going to take it and run with it. It may or may not be an MI-based conversation mm-hmm. because their ambivalence is resolved and they just want some information. They're like, oh, Casey, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Perfect. They run out and, and it has an impact on them. There was other work they did. So it's not that I mm-hmm. changed their behavior. I just gave them a leg up on a process they were already involved in. Yeah. So so from that perspective, and so back to that buoy concept, it was really, you and I were really digging into this whole thing. And I think it was in short order after that kind of controversial topic on uh, caseostasis and, and equipoise <laughs> that we had gotten into. Um, but what it is is can you go into a conversation and be able to allow the wave to knock you one way or the other but stand kind of in center and be able to get back to center? Then you shift into strategies within MI as far as – I always think when people are saying, well – because one argument is if you're staying in equipoise the whole time, then why would you give preferential treatment to one side or the other? That immediately means you're falling out of equipoise. 
And what I've always maintained is there's a reason the person is sitting in front of me. Huge. I was going to say huge. (laughs) There is a reason they're sitting in front of me. And they're not sitting in front of me because they came in to get a mani-pedi. You know, (laughs) they're sitting in front of me because their parents are angry at them or they've lost their job. It's an adult who's lost their job or it's an adult who's incarcerated mm-hmm. or, you know, there's all sorts of reasons that people they are feel like their doctor them. made them or their spouse come, made them come to the appointment, Absolutely. but they're mm-hmm. at the appointment or they're on the call or they've done something to be in communication with you. And that inherits that there's some kicking of the buoy going on. Right. Yeah. And, and this is what I find the balance for me of being able to stay in equipoise and why it doesn't have to be so target behavior driven out of the gate because usually if somebody's sitting in front of me and they don't want to be sitting in front of me then you'd have to think well they don't want to be in front of me and I help them resolve their ambivalence they're just going to walk out the door Mm -hmm. this is why the whole focus mountain concept was so important to me about values is if they're sitting in front of me and they have any agitation about life in general why they're even sitting in front of me some of their behaviors are not lining up with what they want to have going on in their life. It may or may not have to do with their drinking or the drugs or it may have nothing to do with the mental health issues that they're experiencing or the problems with their wife or with their parents. But something is not settled. Mm-hmm. And if something's not settled, I don't need to lean one way or the other. What it is is how do I help them reconcile their ambivalence so their behavior and, and to peel back the layers keeping them non-defensive so they have insight as to is some of their behaviors causing some of the disruption or or unease in their life right now. And it's not me pointing it out. It's them looking in the mirror in a non-judgmental way. That's me staying that center buoy and not being judgmental one way or the Mm -hmm. other. But I can be mindful about how I hold the mirror up for them to see some of their own behaviors, Mm -hmm. but I'm holding it up from a non-judgmental perspective. That they get to make the judgment on. They get to look at themselves in the mirror. And what I want to do is be so clean and precise and how I hold the mirror up that they get to see a version of themselves. And if every mirror that I hold up, they're perfectly fine with, it's a pretty good indicator. They don't have a lot of ambivalence about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because someone might say, well, just because you're holding the mirror over here inherently means you're out of equipoise from repeating back what they just said. And this is a deep dive that we could get into that I'll just (laughs) um, cut short relatively for myself is the very fact that you're not saying exactly what they said shows that there's going to be influence of some kind going on. And if I say something that's unsaid, which we tend to promote with complex reflections or deeper reflections in the mic, strategic, but it's going to influence the person. So really what this comes back to is how are you ethically or not? It could influence or not because what it is, and what's just what I like about it is if we're staying in equipoise, staying in equipoise doesn't mean this is the way I'll explain it. Using the example that we're talking about right now, John, and I think mm-hmm. this plays this out even better, is the way that I explain it to people is when I'm in equipoise, it means that they're looking at the mirror and they're not looking at me. Even if the mirror's yeah. over here. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is what I think about equipoise. So I can hold the mirror all sorts of different angles. And what that is is those are that's holding it up so they can see different aspects of themselves that maybe they can't see within their own vantage point. Mm-hmm. To make an informed choice. To make an informed choice. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm going, well, can't you see this, how this is impacting your kids? Mm-hmm. Well, that's me bias going, how can you not see how this is impacting your mm-hmm. children? Yeah. That's my bias. And it's like, how do I reflect it so they see it? And an MI perspective is... This is curious. I wonder if they would have an issue if they saw themselves in the Mm -hmm. mirror with the way that this is impacting their children. Mm -hmm. And I can hold that up from a state of equipoise. Mm -hmm. If I'm trying to get them to see it, Mm -hmm. it just increases the physics, the likelihood that they're going to hear me 
or feel like I'm coming across biased or judgmental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in, in the way I look at it and teach MI is that shouldn't be a factor. There's no reason as a professional I could, should be contributing to that when I have the same capacity to not contribute to that energetically mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That I can still hold the mirror up strategically for that person to see and just go, I really feel uncomfortable with my own behavior or I don't feel uncomfortable with my own behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't feel uncomfortable with that aspect of it. Wow, I guess when I look at myself in the mirror from this perspective, I feel a little uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. We're just assessing, does ambivalence exist? And then what would they need to do if they want their behavior to be in alignment mm-hmm. with a better version mm-hmm. of themselves in the mirror? Mm-hmm. So for me, you can stay that neutral buoy in that whole thing. And just because you're holding up strategic reflections mm-hmm. does not mean you have to be biased in that process. Mm-hmm. And what I'm also going to say to acknowledge it is even if you have some bias, it doesn't mean that it's not motivational interviewing. So for that camp that genuinely believes we, we don't stay in equipoise, we lean into change talk, we mm-hmm. lean into these things, mm-hmm. that doesn't negate this perspective. Mm-hmm. All I would propose is that increases the likelihood that there could be an energetic feel from that person that feels like you're being judgmental mm-hmm. or think they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing when you mm-hmm. lean into something with an attachment to their outcome. Mm-hmm. I just think it increases the probability yeah. or the potential for somebody to have a, a resistant reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Which then has them maybe feel guilty uh, about something versus really internalize it exactly. as being like, gosh, I'm not being the person I want to be. So there's a lot to thinking about that in that world. And I'm, I'm curious, if you can go ahead. You looked like you were going to respond. Well, so I was just going to say one of the things that I've always thought of, and I think you had mentioned this to me one time, but... I, when I go into these tougher conversations where I'm holding the mirror up, I try so hard to hold the mirror up in front of me so they forget that they're talking to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying so hard for it to constantly just be in kind of in their own head. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of recognize that, you know, when people talk to you, sometimes they make eye contact. But mm-hmm. also what sometimes, you know, they don't. And they just start gazing around and and I kind of look for those subtle cues Mm -hmm. going that's my sweet spot in MI yeah going okay they've forgotten I'm here Mm -hmm. and they're now just processing this Mm -hmm. all in their own head so I'm not attached to anything that I'm trying to do Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to go where's their brain going Mm -hmm. and trying Mm -hmm. to kind of shine light on some areas or follow them and see what they are thinking about on the certain mm-hmm. topic. Mm-hmm. And then how we guide that once you're inside their reality is you overlay that with their values and their goals. Yes. Which so isn't it's not just, just a wander target. right and it's yes. not just a wandering through a conversation just randomly holding up mirrors. No. It really is when you get them into the state where they're in their own worldview, then you can take that behavior and overlay it or bring it up in alignment with their own values and their own goals and see, is there any discord there or not? Is there any mm-hmm. internal unrest with that or yeah. unsettledness with that? And to me, the way you describe that, I mean, that is what I always look at for trying to teach the optimal level of motivational mm-hmm. interviewing. It's very efficient. It's very effective mm-hmm. to, to step over things that aren't relevant towards the behavior change, to step mm-hmm. over things that are kind of red herring that they run their own thought through where they end up in chronic contemplation and never move forward. How do we step through all of those mm-hmm. traps that their brain gets caught into? And we offer another vantage point, mm-hmm. which is the whole point of a good collaborative partnership yeah. in MI that's still not relationship-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the <coughs> conversation, they feel really good about it because they've literally thought through some things that they've never thought about that's before exactly and come away at the mm-hmm. end of the conversation going, oh yeah, I, I just, I, that was really helpful. I mm-hmm. thought about some things I'd never thought about before. Well, you're, you're co-discovering I like that. happier and healthier. Yes. You're co-discovering possibility 
but in a mindful, as they say, meta-aware way. I mean, we mm-hmm. talk, we have podcasts on mindful communication versus what is MI. And if it is going to be MI, we eventually will get to change something. Yes. But mm-hmm. if it's if it's going to be this level of equipoise that we're talking about, there's some layers to it that I want to address that you, you kind of were both touching on here. One is we're, they're not focused on us because we're not we're behind the mirror, however we're hanging it, they don't know whether we agree or disagree. Exactly. It's a wonderful way to think of it. It's like, that's an that's active equipoise. ingredient yes. of equipoise. Yes. Mm-hmm. But your intentions can come across as not showing that you agree or disagree. We're talking about this deeper sense of your own intentionality. So first, don't come across as agreeing or disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Wow, so that was a big deal for you, you know? Yeah. I can still stay neutral, I have energy, but that's that's me not coming across as agreeing. Okay, we got that down. But this is a deeper conversation we're having of, okay, now that I'm not coming across that way, what are my intentions here? Right. Is it really to now respond neutrally but still kind of get them to and nudge them? Or am I going to focus on their values, not just the behavior be a, I don't know why this one came up, so, but like something that's very triggering like methamphetamine use or some sort of sale or some sort of uh, you know eating healthier. It's less about that. It's more about how much do you really care about your future? What do, yes. you, what yeah. do you want? And for people that need this, that might be um, high in the conversation or mental health issues. It might be, again, how is tomorrow better than today? Mm-hmm. But all of that is being operated, as, as you were talking about, Tammy, from basically being in their head. And the last kind of point that was interesting when you said that is this idea, I remember, I forget which training and with who I was talking about this, but it's not like we're Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie Inception. (laughs) We're not going in and being like, okay, I'm not going to come across as agreeing or disagreeing. I'm going to get in their head and I'm going to subtly create these subconscious cues like neuro-linguistic programming or some of this stuff that's out there and, and try to subconsciously get them there. We're not even doing that at the deepest Mm -hmm. level. We really are, yes, let's get in their head and have them get lost in their own process that when they're lost, it's not not that we're getting them to change. It's we're there to guide towards the light, the bright, the clarity, the happier, the healthier. We're there to talk with them through that. We're not there to just randomly follow them around in conversation and just empathically reflect the whole time. Yeah. We're getting, we're sunk either through a call. If you're doing stuff over the phone, them, uh, calling you back, maybe in sales or something like that. Um, them coming in for treatment, even if it's court mandated, all of these situations show that they care about their freedom. There's some level of interest in something here that there's some level of well being. That there's these values in these in these places to really start to think, gosh, why are they talking with me? Why mm-hmm. would they even be here? And yeah. if you're not sure where to start, that's a wonderful place to start in their head and then start these angles of reflections that are strategic mm-hmm. and aware, but still unbiased to yeah. see if they care about happier and healthier. And it seems like right. that's kind of the essence of what we're getting at here mm-hmm. when we think of writing reflex and equipoise. So, and, well, and, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I still love this clip I, that, I, that I sent to you from one of our recordings a while back, but literally, I watched it this morning or last night, but it was like, no one ever gets mad that you get out of your own reality <laughs> and you put yourself in their reality to see the world through their eyes. Yes. Seriously, no, I, I don't know anyone <laughs> that would get mad about that. I had a coaching, and this is where if you've done a lot of taping or a lot of a process where 
they were just, they were having difficulty with getting their brain wrapped around it uh, just because they weren't having the immersion around them and they weren't having the support systems. And so, so they were frustrated and I just am naturally in this state of like, oh, well, gosh, yeah, I mean, with that going on and this going on, she's, the person's just like, don't reflect to me. And I remember just being like, wow, okay, um, wow. Um, well, you know that that's already, you know, a part of what, I am. And even as I say that, that's a reflection. Um, well, gosh, I mean, this is all about you. So I can do a variety of things. Um, at this point, I mean, what would you like from this process? What, Mm -hmm. what would be most helpful then if you're not wanting empathy, but it's frustrating and you're not wanting me to do anything, what do you want to do with our time? And there's this almost surrender to just be helpful compassionately. That isn't a technique. It's mm-hmm. a way to be with people. It's what Dr. Bill Miller talks about with Rogers, Carl Rogers' work, A Way of Being, that mm-hmm. book. And that's really what we're talking about that isn't just one thing. It's how you see them. It's how you respond to them. It's how aware you are of your writing reflex yes. and how that gets mm-hmm. expressed. You were going to, yeah. Sorry. The, the one thing I'll wrap up with, no, no, no. no just to, to pull it to a close, <laughs> the one thing that I, I would want to make sure that we have to touch on um, as we're pulling this together is just because you're an equipoise does not mean you're a robot. Yes, good point. Stoic. It, stoic, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I what I was thinking about when I was listening to you, I was thinking about uh, the curiosity that we have. And you were diving deeper into this, John. And, and I, what struck me was a, a moment in one of uh, Dr. William Miller's videos that I've seen with the nonverbal man. Mm-hmm. And, and the man had just talked about um, that he'd hit his wife. And... I remember Miller's response, and I've studied this so often, just watching it. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. And what I keep thinking is, Bill doesn't really care what he thinks about his own thought about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So his question is, well, what do you make of that? Mm-hmm. Of you hitting her like that? Yeah. And, and so you don't have to be stoic. You don't mm-hmm. have to be poker-faced. You, mm-hmm. don't, you can be genuinely curious, but we can have a writing reflex to the fact that somebody... Most people in our society would and should have a reaction to somebody in a domestic violence situation, Mm -hmm. but our reactions are not going to change that person's behavior. Mm -hmm. It's going to actually generate more defensive response. So this is the thing that I think of, and you've shown examples of it for people that aren't watching the video part of it, you know, what do we look like when we're out of equipoise and how can we still stay in equipoise and be curious? But I just don't want people to walk away thinking that equipoise is you're so neutral, you are so neutral, but you don't have to be like plastic or robotic yeah, yeah. or mm-hmm. so neutral in your response, you can mm-hmm. be genuinely curious. Mm-hmm. And what I think of, and that's why I was thinking of that, mm-hmm. that response of Bill's was, well, what do you make of that? Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. what a great mm-hmm. neutral, it doesn't matter what I think mm-hmm. about what mm-hmm. happened between your and wife. What I'm curious mm-hmm. about is what do you make of mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. is there any internal conflict or not? Um, and if I had any tone of judgment whatsoever, my voice around that, it's like, well, what do you make of that? Um, you know, and there's that kind of, of equipoise for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, well, you know, that's not okay. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping you realize that's a problem. Mm-hmm. If that comes out of me, that's socially appropriate, maybe, mm-hmm. but it's not going to help him go deeper into is his behavior in line with his values. Yes, it's going to be, yes. oh, he's judging me and he has a reaction to that. So, again, mm-hmm. that's why I want to kind of wrap yes. up this whole thing as well, too, is just saying there's so many ways that writing reflex, equipoise, um, that resistance play into any MI based conversation. Mm-hmm. It, I love these these casts, these podcasts, webcasts we've done because I think it really does help increase knowledge. 
but I think you develop a profound understanding that there is a wide gap between knowledge and skill. Mm -hmm. Yes. To be able to do it masterfully. And this is one of those core constructs that I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, probably more than almost any other construct that we talk about, more people come back to the training to just say, oh my gosh, that's so managing your writing reflex is so much different. I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm in here. I get it in my head. Mm -hmm. But this is really hard. Mm -hmm. I have lots of opinions about lots of things. Mm -hmm. And I see patients and clients that I really want to tell them what to Mm -hmm. do. And managing my writing Mm -hmm. reflex is really difficult Mm -hmm. to do that. So Mm -hmm. that's why I like these kind of of conversations. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to kind of pull together with that. And some final thoughts. I'll be curious for your final thoughts, just so I don't lose them in my short-term memory. I'm going to be a little egocentric <laughs> to, to go there because there's go so many it. wonderful, rich things to talk about here. But one theme I got from this is really just being aware of our professional projection, mm-hmm. our societal projection, our projections yeah. as people. And that the more I act from that place, the more I'm in my head versus their head, the more I'm doing that, the probably more I'm going to respond to my writing reflex and be at equipoise. Mm -hmm. And so that is just a a fundamental thing. Um, The other fundamental thing is that they're engaging with me as, as, as a theme. They're talking with me. So that means what do I be curious about? Their motives and possibilities to achieve those yeah. and just starting there of what do you make of that? What, what do you make of your situation and why you called or why you're here? Or yeah. Just starting there is so different than I'm going to diagnose you with the feedback I have yes. and fix you and try to give you unsolicited advice, mm-hmm. even if it's really well-meaning or yes. I feel very justified in it. So those are some of the, the, the themes and there's really just a sense too of if you want more practical examples um, that we have, um, audios that we're going to dissect that we've done of different scoring levels of di- some different scenarios. Where you'll be check into some of those, and and we'll we'll um, get them out there so you can actually hear what that sounds like um, more specifically, and we can dive deeper into them if you wish in webcasts or whatever whatever you'd like. But I think that'll add some more concreteness to the concepts we're talking about, mm-hmm. and we kind of opened a whole nother can um, around having a whole separate webcast of getting into equipoise and sales and how we even are involved in that and how that happens and ethical influence. That'll be a rich one. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not, I thought we might get into it, but it's, it's, it's no. its own thing. But yes. what sort of final thoughts do you have based off of what we talked about here? Well, one of the last things I just wanted to leave everyone with is I remember learning this equipoise and the writing reflex and the peace I start to feel when I let go. That's good. Period. The peace I start to feel because I no longer, I have to respect and understand every individual I'm talking to has the ability to make choices for themselves. Mm. And I'm not in control of their choices. And the more I recognize and honor and respect that in them, the more I'm like, you know what? You have the right to do you and I can help you navigate this. <laughs> and and my goal is to help you go through this process like we talked about, but it is such a peaceful feeling to also recognize that you can't control people period you know and i i wasn't going to say anything else but that just the one thing i'll add to that tammy is the beauty in state and equipoise is you don't have to agree or disagree yeah and when you're talking about there's a piece that comes from that i think just to be even professionally in a place where you don't have to be burdened with agreeing or disagreeing yes you have to be burdened with being strategic and how Mm -hmm. you respond and you're not a passive bystander in an MI-based conversation, you're an active Mm -hmm. participant in an MI-based conversation, 
But I think part of that peace comes from, you know what? I don't have to be in a normal social situation where I'm agreeing or disagreeing. Yes. I don't have to give so much attention to my writing reflex because, again, they don't care what I think. Yes. You know, so it's just like, wow, there's so much more space because people get fearful that it's like there's so much to learn in MI. There's so many moving pieces. There's so many things going on. And fundamentally, I'm like, yes, there is. But... You, there's so many things you're not doing that you normally do that you have actually extra free time in your brain yeah. to be more strategic in your responses, to not have so much reactions going mm-hmm. on, that when you learn this different way of doing things or advancing your skill set, there's things you're going to jettison in your own process. And I love this part about what you're talking about. You have a better sense of peace. Yeah. I have to just say that in terms of equipoise and writing reflexes because you don't have to get into this right and wrong perspective or agreeing mm-hmm. or disagreeing. You just get to allow them to have their thought hold the mirror up to it from a place of neutrality and see if they feel that it's a right or wrong thought. Exactly. Instead of our reaction to it. Possibly if they become open to other information too. It's not like we can't ever bring in information. Of course. But it has to be timed in a way that's built off of their intrinsic reality and motives. And if that comes in, that could advance their outcome. But that doesn't have to happen in my conversation either. Mm -hmm. You don't ever have to share information to Mm -hmm. have that level of oh gosh, yeah, oh crap, or aha, yeah. whoa. Um, like that doesn't need any of you as a professional, but what it does need is, as we're talking about is a awareness and a strategy to help them and guide them, mm-hmm. not just sit back in complete neutrality and not guide at all. Yes. And this, this is a perfect segue because this is the things we can get into with other podcasts and probably mm-hmm. we'll at least have them out there is on the intentions of guiding the intention to partnership. I mean, yes, literally... Yes. And this is where you can feel the sequential nature of it is if you're staying neutral, if you're trying to stay in equipoise, you're being strategic, you're seeing if there's any ambivalence, then it's what do you bring to the table with information or insights at the right appropriate time to advance that person's outcomes. That's all about collaborative partnership. Mm -hmm. What is Tammy's values and goals? What's that individual's values and goals? Mm -hmm. Are we guiding them towards that better outcome? Mm -hmm. This is where you can see if you start with some of these fundamental skill sets and practices, that's where you start to build a really mindful, uh, intentional MI-based conversation. These are some of those core skills that get us there. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I'll add with the points that have been brought up, you can do it with your style. You can do it with your style of language. You can do it in a different culture. There's all these possibilities. And if you get mindful and good at this process, it can free you and bring you peace of mind while freeing them and get bringing them peace of mind, mm-hmm. which gets into our other podcast on how could the world be so much better with MI yes. because you're so present, <laughs> the outcomes come yes. and you're being yes. present and it's bringing yes. peace and freedom. So that's its own positive end note that yes. equipoise and writing reflex, if we're aware of it and we lean into helping with those things, we can do those things in the world. So hopefully this Love has it. served you <laughs> and uh, we are the Am I guys, the group, a plural here that all, it will include Tammy from time to time. Hashtag am I guys. And uh, please follow us if you're finding this valuable. And uh, in particular, if you want any specific thing that's been brought up or you want to challenge something, you want to get controversial, we can do that. If you want to bring up examples or webcasts, we can do that. This membership is really all about you and we're really trying to uh, hear from you. So the more you speak up, the more we can customize this. So thank you so much for your time. Again, our whole back tagline is to provide the communication solution that's going to change your world. Exactly. Boom. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs)